Turn with me to Genesis chapter 13. I would ask you to do something for me this morning as you listen. This is the fourth in the series of facing the crossroads of life or creators of your own destiny. I want every young person and every adult, as you've done every time in this series, but especially this morning, to listen as though you were in Lot's place. If there's no relativity to the message, you don't receive anything to yourself. One man made a statement to his pastor as he left the church, left the sanctuary. He said, that was a good sermon. I could not find one thing that applied to me. <laughs> there are those who think that a good sermon is a good delivery or presentation or historical study of facts, places, people who lived in bygone days rather than bringing it over into our day. I want you to place yourself in lock shoes to see what is your lot, what is your situation. And as we've dealt with this series, we've spoken three times already, showing you how that Abram and Lot came to the crossroads in life. I know this morning there are some crossroads that we face in which we will win. There are some crossroads we face when we will lose. Then there are other crossroads we face where we will win and lose, like David and his dilemma to where you win something and you lose something. But this is a major crossroad, the crossroad of Lot. It's when Lot came to the place where he was to go out upon his own. When he faced a future that was beyond him. <clears throat> I want us to in, envision, if we can this morning, Lot's situation and place it in this day and ourselves relative to his life and to the decisions and the thinking that he must have pondered, the thoughts that he pondered, and realize if we can, what would happen to us if we'd make the right decision, or what could happen if we make the wrong. So let's look in Genesis chapter 13, as we we'll begin reading with verse number 9, which is where we left off on Sunday night, or Wednesday night, is not the whole land before thee. Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me, if thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. I told you there were only two choices for Lot. He had reached the place where the whole land, the whole earth, the whole world was before him. There was the left hand, which symbolized to me God's way, which became the plane of memory. If you look down in verse 18, And Abram removed his tent and dwelt in the plane of memory which is in Hebron, and build that altar unto the Lord. The other one is the plain of Jordan, of verse number 10. Of Lot lifted up his eyes, and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zor. Here Lot <coughs> faces two plains, one on his left, and the other on his right. One, the plain of Mamre, and the other, the plain of the Jordan. We'll speak this morning of Lot's desire and Lot's decision. I do not know how far we'll go. I made the statement to Rachel yesterday. I said, the Lord willing, I'm going to go all the way through the story of Lot this morning and then finish up next time on Abraham. But knowing me, I doubt very seriously if that'll happen. Even though I would like for it to happen this morning, I'm expecting somewhere to run into something that'll take me the rest of the service. But if I don't, I want to show you six things. Number one, we'll see Lot's desire. Number two, Lot's decision. Number three, Lot's direction. Then number four, Lot's dwelling. Then number five will be Lot's decline, and number six will be Lot's destiny. What happens to him in the end time? What happens to a man who chooses the wrong course? 
Then what happens to Abram and his destiny? What happens to a man when he chooses the right course? But let me reiterate just a few things that I've said. I closed last Wednesday night not only with the truth that he had the freedom to choose, but that his opportunity was given to him by another. Let me just say two or three things about that again. Lot's opportunity to choose and face his future was given to him by Abram. Abram said, Lot, you've got the freedom to choose whichever way you want to go. You can go to the plain of the Jordan. You can go to the plain of Mamre. It's all out there before you. There will come a day, young folks, <clears throat> when you will face the future on your own. There will be a time when you will have two courses in this world. You will either have your course or God's course, and you can choose either course that you desire. God does not treat you as a robot. God does not overpower your will. If you want the plains of Jordan and the ways of the world, you can choose that, and you can have that, and you can create your own destiny. You can be the creator of it. Or you can choose the plains of memory as did Abraham and have God as your guide and as your leader and have whatever God has to offer. Well, here Lot comes to a place and Abraham says, Now you choose. Now I told you Lot had not come to this place by himself. Abraham had led him and guided him and directed him. And he did not stand alone at this particular time. He should have come here as we said realizing that many people had given him that opportunity. Abraham and the family had been blessed by God and he'd been blessed and sheltered and guided and directed by the Lord up till this time. But there should have been in his heart a special thanks. And I hope under God's heaven that's the way it is with all of our children. I'd like to think that all of you young people when it comes time for you to get married or time for you to go out and get your own job and make your own way and your own living, that inside of you there will be a special thanks and appreciation for those of us who've attempted to guide you and direct you with the best that we knew. I believe we've tried and we're trying to guide you on the leadership of the Holy Spirit with the best that we know. Well, Lot comes to a situation he should have been thankful in his heart just for the chance of making such a choice. And I dealt with this Wednesday. But thanks should have been given for the opportunities that lay behind him. Then there should be an appreciation in his heart for the opportunities that lay before him. That here was something, the past lying behind him where God had blessed him so richly. And now the future before him. And as Lot stands at the doorway... This is where we closed. He should have been thankful for the privileges and for the potential and possibility that was his. That here he stands at the doorway of opportunity looking beyond. Now, many questions arise. How did he view himself? The scripture says in verse number 10, which is the first thing I want you to see, is Lot's desire. That Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld the plain of Jordan. That it was well watered everywhere. As he stands viewing his future. As he stands viewing the plain of Jordan. I wonder what Lot thought. I wonder how he saw himself. I wonder what he thought of the simple and sheltered life. That he had up till this time. Just like you young folks. I wonder when you face your opportunity. And going out on your own. What you will think within you. And how you will have viewed the sheltered life that we've given you. The simple life. The godly life. I wonder how you'll look upon that. I wonder if to lot independence sparked an enthusiastic desire to be free at last. I wonder if Lot came with an idea of his regard for the past life of embarrassment. I wonder how many times he was embarrassed following Abraham. I wonder if he thought, well, I have been under a warden. I have been imprisoned. And now I'm free at last. I don't know whether that was Lot's desire or not, but I know it's the desire of a lot of young folks in this day. Their attitude is living in the lifestyle of godliness and under God's uh, godly parents. 
and unto those who try to discipline them and train them, their attitude when they come to the doorway of opportunity is I'm out from under the warden and I'm out of this prison and thank God now I can do what I want to do. If that's your attitude, you'll end up just like God. Oh, if you view yourself as imprisoned in the simple life and imprisoned in the sheltered life and imprisoned in the selected life, you too will face the doorway of opportunity and say, Oh, I can be independent now. I can make long choices and decisions. I can go where I want to go. I can do what I want to do. Nobody at last can tell me what to do. If that was Lot's attitude, then you understand why he ended up like he did. All because he did not appreciate the things that lay behind. So I wonder how he saw himself and then I wonder how Lot viewed his past. Then I wonder how he viewed his present. Which brings me to the first truth that I want you to see. His desire. Regardless of how he viewed his past. Regardless how he viewed himself. I know how he viewed his future. I know how he envisioned his future. And the reason we know that is because of the words the Holy Spirit inspired. He gave us insight. He gave us understanding. So we could understand Lot's desire. Here was Lot's desire. Lot lifted up his eyes. As we speak of this, you remember that beyond this doorway... Lay uncharted paths and uncharted courses and unlimited opportunities of which he was not personally acquainted. When Lot stood at the doorway, look to the beyond if he makes his own choice and decision. He will chart the course. He will direct his pathway. But he doesn't know what lies ahead. If he chooses God, he chooses the one who knows the end from the beginning. And the untrodden paths have already been trodden because he'll not lead you anywhere Jesus has not already been. So here is the truth. Here stands Lot lifting up his eyes. And now what do we learn from this? A little word for lifted is translated many ways, but I want to share with you three of them. Over in the book of Genesis, chapter 39 and verse number 7, when Joseph was in Egypt, he had gone to serve in Potiphar's house. Things had gone good until Potiphar's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph. And the verse said, and she cast her eyes upon him. Now this little word, cast your eyes, is the same word for lifted. And it means you take your eyes and throw them on something, to cast them on something. This is more than a casual glance. Jesus made a statement. He said, he that looketh upon a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. This is the idea of casting the eyes. And Lot cast his eyes upon the Jordan. The second translation is also the word for married. I think that's unusual. In 2 Chronicles 13, 21, it means to be married. What is the idea here? What is it that Lot's doing when he's casting his eyes on the well-watered plains of the Jordan, when Lot is beholding the world system and making a decision without God and not calling upon God? How is he viewing his future? How does he see the things that are beyond? What is his attitude? What is his thinking? What does he have his attention upon? Well, here Lot looks and he cast his eyes upon the plains of the Jordan. And as he looks on the plain of the Jordan, it said that he was married to it with his eyes. It just simply means joined to. Joined to. Means connected to. All of a sudden something happened inside of Lot that connected him to what he saw. And as he began to behold, not just glance at not just look at with an occasional glance. It means to stare at 
and gaze at until what you see out there is envisioned within you. And here Lot stands at the doorway and he's joining himself to what he sees. And I wonder this morning, what is there in this world that you join your eyes to that you'd rather have than the pathway of God? What is there? What is there? Or who is there that you'll join your eyes to out there and say, I'd rather have that than the ways of God. I won't call on God because if I call on God, God won't let me go this way. God won't let me have this person. God won't let me have this thing. This is the reason people don't call on God. It's because God won't allow you to have the ungodly things. We do just like Lot. Lot didn't pray like Abram did. He didn't say, God, what you want me to do? We know Abram did because later it said that God answered him. Oh, Abram prayed to God. God said to Abram and directed his pathway. If you come to the doorway of life, expect him to choose your own course, you'll leave God out. You'll counsel with Abram. You won't counsel with the family. I tell you, set your course and you set your eyes on the things of the world. And here Lot is looking and he's joining himself and he's fixing his eyes on worldly places and worldly things and worldly people. And it's having an effect on him. They hadn't made his decision yet. He's just looking. And let me say to you this morning, watch out when your eyes get to looking at things. You shouldn't be looking at it. Because what comes in through your eyes stimulates your lust and causes you to desire what is in this world. But you say, preacher, I won't listen. Neither would Lot. This is the reason he creates his own destiny. I'm sure he thought, well, nobody and tell me what to do and tell me what I can have. I'll have my eyes on somewhere and I see the plane of the Jordan. And the third word that's translated here, first is to cast the eyes on, two is to be married, two and three is the word for regard. Now regard is translated in Malachi 1 that, and it means to place favor upon. Well, the greatest problems that we're facing is when we look out into the plane of the world. We look out on the world system. We see things and cast our eyes on it and start being tied to it. Then we start placing favor on Regardless of favor on Lot's problem, he did not see anything wrong with what he saw. Nothing can be worse than not seeing anything wrong with the world. The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And if you ever start looking at the things in the world, after a while you'll love the things in the world. Because it'll come from lust. And it'll deceive your heart. All you've got to do is focus in on worldly things and places and possessions and treasures. And after a while it'll have such an effect on you, stimulate your lust, and it'll set into a craving. And then you'll say, I've got to have this. And see absolutely nothing wrong with it. So Lot lifted up his eyes. Look at the little word for beheld. Now, <clears throat> has a lot to do with what you're looking at. He didn't just lift up his eyes and look. I mean, he looked, he lifted up his eyes and beheld, which is a translation of the word for look. But it can't, this word, beheld, is translated in many different words. Number one is translated beheld. Of course, we have it here. But number two is translated for viewed. He viewed the situation. He just scanned the surface. He just looked out and he saw what he saw. The second word, the third word is the word for visions. He envisioned his future, his imagination. Can you see Lot standing at his doorway, looking beyond at his future? Now he has the opportunity to make his choice and decision. Now he has the opportunity to go his own direction. Now he has no one to say, no, you can't have that. No, you can't go over there. No, you can't do this. Now he can do it. 
down to can have. And let me say this to every one of you, every one of you young folks, as well as us adults. There will come a day when if you want it bad enough, you can have it. Not even God will keep you from it. So once you've got your eyes on your boys, and you think you're going to get out of one of mom and daddy, go your own direction. You have it. Now come and daddy, mom and daddy won't be there to tell you, no, you can't have it. No, you can't do it. You young girls, there won't be anybody there to tell you you can't go the direction of that ungodly boy. It won't be by that, tell you. You can't do what you want to do. You can do what you want to do. Don't you ever forget the visions you've got in your head are nothing but imaginations and daydreams and castles built in the clouds. <coughs> Someday they'll turn into nightmares without God. Amen. He said, I don't know what happened to me. That's what I'm saying. He envisioned it for him. No person, no young person ever intends to end up like that. Just play around a lot. Have a good time. It won't make any difference. I don't see anything wrong with that. It's alright for me. Others may have got messed up, but not me. What I'm saying to you is, You'll have that opportunity. See, if you think I'm scolding you, I'm not scolding you, you know better. I'm just saying if it's in you, if it's in you, you're going to have an opportunity to bring it out. If you don't learn the lessons of the past, you don't get your eyes on God, on spiritual things, and the Word of God, and the Holy Ghost, and the Church of the Living God, you don't get your eyes on something that you'll give up and sacrifice for everything holy and righteous and decent that's inside of you. That's what Lot was doing. Lot got his eyes from the world, from the plain of Jordan. He said, what's he looking at? We'll talk about that when we get to the plain. We're going to speak of it when we speak of the decision. Now he's just contemplating it. Now he has the attitude now he's been affected by what he saw. Isn't it amazing, Paul? He spent all those years following Abram. Going to Bethel to the house of God. Spent all those years following a man who followed God. And now he's more affected with the world than he was with all the people he'd been around in his lifetime. Isn't it amazing how all of a sudden somebody else in the world or something in the world we'd rather have than all the things that we'd had and I bring it up. Oh, here stands Lot now with his desire being created. It's just now being stirred. I don't believe when he walked up to look out there that he had a desire for that. I think it was created. Desires are created. Lust is created. Jesus said if you look upon the woman to lust after her, you look. The sin's not in the look. The sin's in the lust. And the fulfillment of the lust. I don't believe Lot walked up to the door and said, Oh, i got a craving for these. No. Because there's not one bad thing said about Lot here. I've preached so many things that were inside. I, I don't know what this is. But I believe what happened. And finally, when he reached his freedom and his independence to do what he wanted to do, he stood at the doorway of opportunity and got to looking. When you don't feel any inward restraints, you don't see anything wrong with what you're looking at and begin to regard it and lust after it, whether it's a person or a thing, pleasures, riches, houses, lands, cars, clothes, no matter what it is, it'll create a desire inside of you so great that it's likely to overcome the divine Holy Spirit's leadership in your life. The reason being, the Holy Spirit only works in those who submit to His leadership. Well, here Lot comes and He's envisioning now. He's putting together 
in his mind his own future. Ah, yes, I can see what I'll be doing. I can see where I'll be going. I can see some good times ahead for old Lot. Lot, I want you to know, buddy, you choose the well-watered plain of the Jordan, you can have yourself a good time. There's some well-watered plains out there, and I want you to know that's what it takes to fulfill and satisfy. So Lot stands there and beholds and he envisions. But then the word is translated and by himself. Don't you think that's amazing? And by himself. And what it means is he becomes his own counselor. He advises himself. He says, Lot, that's a thing to do. Yes, sir, Lot. That's a thing to do. Don't have to ask God. Don't have to ask Abraham. I don't have to ask anybody. I'll be my own counselor. I can solve with myself. I'll set me, myself, I, and I there, and we'll counsel with ourselves. And here Lot begins to give advice to himself. And the word also is translated approved. In other words, he approved of what he saw. Here he is deliberating with himself. And this is also the word to have respect for. But it is also the word that means to make to enjoy something. And Lot made himself enjoy what he saw. He says, my, if I could only have this. So he lifted up his eyes and looked, had respect for, advised himself, this is the thing I want, this is the direction I can go. Regardless about God, regardless about Abraham, this is what a lot wants to do. And Lot said, what I see, I must have. So his heart is set upon him. So Lot cast his eyes upon the plain of the Jordan. Now what happens here is that when he cast his eyes on it, he marries it. Now by marries it, he gives himself to it, lock, stock, and barrel. He joined his eyes to the object observed. When this happens, he is to make his decision. I was studying this. It was a true king's clearest day. Lot only saw the now, not the then, like Noah saw. In the book of Hebrews, the scripture says, in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet. Folks, and young folks, out there somewhere, are some things you haven't even seen yet. He said, look at the now. That's what God Lot was doing. Look at the now. I forgot about the things not seen yet. What about the things not seen yet? What about those things? What about your destiny? What's going to happen to you in the end? What's going to happen out there? And beyond that, what are you going to do to judge? What are you going to do when you stand before God. What's beyond that? If you look at the now, and all you think is the now, and you sacrifice everything you've got for the now, the things not seen as yet are going to destroy you. And the things beyond that, you'll be ashamed of. You say, I'm going to be ashamed of the way I go. Don't you ever kid yourself. And I believe this is the reason. I preach as much to young folks as I do. When I say to some of you back there, you boys, Dave and Johnny, Joey and some of you, nobody ever preached to me this way. Nobody. I haven't even heard it. If I'd have heard it, it wouldn't have been good in there. I was one of those who went along with it. I was one of those who smiled. Nobody's going to tell us all shit we want to do. So I did what I wanted to do. They're not saying you're going to do it. They don't have opportunity. I told them where I want to play in Jordan. Then years later, I settled down. I live right. They haunted. They were around to help me then. I gave myself to my friends. I gave myself to my friends. 
Well, where were they when the van arrived? Where were they then when I lay on my pillow? Nighttime and pray. So don't cop. I'm such a shame and I'm sorry. I wish I'd be God's hand I've never done what I've done. I'm a sorry, Lord. I've hurt myself and I've sinned against myself and I've sinned against others and I've hurt others. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Nobody can watch you work. I'm the only did it. It haunted me. And then I wanted to choose the plains of memory. The well-watered plains of Jordan lived in my heart. That's the reason why you may look at me and never hear what this preacher's got to say. And I don't believe you'll ever forget these days of this series. I don't know whether you do what I did, but I would not listen. You say, but preacher, there came a day, wasn't it, when you got over it? I've never gotten over it. Do you what I did, though? I got saved by the grace of God, and that removed my shame and guilt, but I live with the remembrance of it. I've got a marked conscience till the day I die. I still, I still, every once in a while, just look up and say, oh God, I'm so, I know you forgave me. I know you did, but I still live with it. What about the people that I hurt? What about the people that I injured? What about the others? I don't know what they live with, but Taylor lived with the remembrance of Charles Hickman that he wasn't what he's supposed to have been, and he gave himself. I don't know what you're going to do. But I can tell you one thing. There's something beyond that God tells you about. And that's a life you're going to live when you've got your head screwed on right. That's the good life. When you young ladies want to be a virtuous young lady of the old. Amen. That's right. What about then, young lady? I don't make the night in the park car. I'll live in hell. I don't make the time over there when you sneaked away. I committed your fornication. I don't make it live in hell. What about the time, young boy? You sneaked away and you did your drinking. And you're smoking and you're drugging. What about that? You say, ah, don't bother me. That's a thing to do. When you become a daddy, the little boy's walking in the footsteps. And you want him to be just like you. You're going to look back and say, Oh God, why did I ever, why did I ever just give myself to the now? I didn't go back to then. What I'm saying to you is there'll be a day when you won't be a young lady or a young boy. You'll be a husband or a daddy or a wife and a mother and you'll have children of your own. That's beyond the now. What about the beyond the now? When the well-watered plains look so good, Lot, what about beyond? What about when it's not now? What about when your desires go and your lust has conceived and sin is produced and you've got what you lust in that? What about the dead, Lot? Lot's attitude would have been, but I want it. And if I want it bad enough, I can't be anything wrong with it. It feels right doing this attitude. But don't forget about the now. And don't forget about the then. When you're going to become a parent. And then don't forget about the good life that you want to live then. See, this ungodly crowd tells you, have your plenty, have your good time. So they drink all they want to. They drug all they want to. They smoke all they want to. I mean, they do everything they want to do. Don't you ever get this? Beyond it lies the life you must live when that crowd's not around. That's right. The thing's not seen as yet. Wait till you. My little girl. Won't hurt live virtuous. Like this preacher told us, <coughs> boy. 
walked down the beach one day, and this boy was walking along, had a t-shirt on. That t-shirt read, stamp out all virgins. Preacher walked up to him and said, son, man, I want to tell you what does that t-shirt. He said, what? He said, you go home and take it off. And then 18 years from now, when you get married, or sometime when you get married and your young girl is like they put it on her and see what you feel about it. Well, I'm saying to you what you think you must have and what you think you must desire and what you think is out there now looks so good. Don't you forget the then is coming and beyond the now. And if you've given yourself and you've joined yourself to ungodly folks and worldly things and you will go ahead and let your lust conceive and bring forth what you think you must have in this world, don't forget the days are coming. This preacher right here is a testimony to that fact. He said, but Brother Charles, you're our pastor? That's right. And I live with scars in my conscience. And I believe this as much as in me is I'd be a much better preacher today if I hadn't done what I've done when I was young. He said, but preacher, I don't affect you now. Sometimes when I kneel down to pray, the devil throws my past up to me and I have a battle. I have a battle. Just overcome it. No shame from God. God doesn't throw up my past, but the devil never lets me forget it. He was right there when I did the things I shouldn't have done. Well, I thought it was big to curse, so I just would curse if I wanted to. Yeah, sure. Why? Because he didn't press my buttons. Sure. They thought I was a big man. Yeah, let me in. But what am I now when I go to pray? In the holy and precious name that I call him. I used to be curse words. Oh, the word damn is a good word. It's a scripture word, but you use it with God's name. And then go later to pray to the one that you used to use the word damn with. I tell you, the devil beat you over the head with a with a iron rod. So what are you saying, preacher? You know what I'm saying today, don't you? Sure you do. Adults face the doorway of life, but the major emphasis of this crossroads is the crossroads that sooner or later every young person who has the reasonable exercise of his faculties will face. All of our young people today will face it. You say, well, preacher, I'm too young to face it. Let me say this to those of you like John, Kevin, D.D. and all these others and you too, little God. While you still in a sheltered life, and this simple life that you think so simple, just come to church every time the church doors are open. God go to church all the time. Read the Bible. Got to listen to the preaching. Don't you let these days pass you by and you live in the midst of them and not be ready when the chance comes to go out on you. Abraham Lincoln made a statement when he was yet a boy. He had saved as just a young lad, but was poor. Didn't have any money. <clears throat> but he wanted a book called The Life of Washington. He shut corn for three days just to buy a second-hand book of The Life of Washington. When he bought it, he read it, and made the statement. I will not shut corn all my life. I will not delve. I will not grub. He said, someday I'll make something of myself. Mrs. Crawford, a lady standing by, said, what do you want to be now? She said, I want to be present. She said, you with all your tricks and your jokes, you could never be present. And you know what he said? Which I think is classic. He said, I'll study and get ready. And the chance will come. And it came and 
he was ready. He was president of the United States. I say this to you. Young folks, you can fool around, mess around, don't pay attention to this preacher, tune me out, cut me off, cut our teachers off, and our parents off. But there's one thing for sure, your chance in life to be whatever you want to be will come. The question is, will you be ready? If you while away your time, fool around, don't pay any attention, just go along with, and you come to the doorway, and it's a way of escape for you. You'll be just like Lot. You'll end up in ruin. You say, but preach that pessimism, or not. That's a warning to keep you from doing what he did. I'm saying to you, there's some better days ahead. I thank God for his mercy and his grace that rescues some of us. But before you think, well, I'll get saved later, I'll get right later, there's some who've chosen this pathway didn't live to get right later. And that may be you. So I'll hour bell like I want to. Remember Axel? David's son? David's son said, I'll have the kingdom, I'll do what I want to. Let his hair grow long. While he's riding you one day in the back, his hair got caught up in the oaks. Later, Joab thrust him through with darts. He didn't have time to come back. What I'm saying to you is this. Don't choose the plane of Jordan. Choose the plane of Mamre. We'll tell you about Mamre later. But if you don't get anything else, it's what the book of Ecclesiastes says. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Remember now. 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 And I told you when you come to the crossroads, there are those beckoning for your acknowledgement. God is, the devil is, self is, and your worldly companions are. Who are you going to give the allegiance to? Who are you going to give the authority to? He sure didn't give it to God. He should have, but he didn't. Let me close with this. I told you I wouldn't get through probably. But I don't really care. I tell you what, I, the Lord knows this. I've started a lot of series and got a lot of series to finish here, but I've never had a series got a hold of me like this in heaven. I can't even put the thing down. I've been awful weak. And I haven't been awful a lick. I'm not fussing. I'm not complaining. All day long, half the night. With this, I can't cut it off. It just rolls over and over in my mind, over and over in my heart. And it got such a hold on me, it won't let me go. I don't have sermons like that, but I had sermons that I can't let go. Amen. This preacher's not on, no man. But that just shows me the weight of responsibility that there is upon it. But here's what I want you to see. How you look at things determines what you do with them. How you look at them determines what you do with them. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16 speaks of the lust of the eyes. Verse 15 and 16. The lust of the eyes. Watch out what you set your eyes upon. He desired the plain of Jordan. Now listen to me. Don't miss it now. The word plain will give you the insight into what he's saying. A little word for plain is translated for track, which means a track of land. That's right. But it's also the word translated for morsel. But listen, it's also the word translated for a talent, which is a round gold piece. The Holy Ghost knew what to use for what he saw. He saw the plain of Jordan, yes. But what he really saw is what the Holy Spirit wants us to see. He looked out and saw money, possessions, things. Connect that with the well watered everywhere. He saw the plain of Jordan. It was well watered everywhere. The little word for watered now We'll show you the key. Don't miss it like setting them through. A little word for water is a translation of a Hebrew word that is translated for drink. We'd all know that. But it's also translated for the word fat pasture. 
cupbearer and butlership. You say, what does that say, preacher? Here's what it's saying. It's saying that Lot looked out and saw possessions, fat pasture, well-watered plains, possessions I can have. But he already had possessions. God given them to him. But when you want the possessions of the world, more you want the possessions of God. That's deception of heart. But he looked out and he saw all this well-watered plates and the positions, butlership, cupbearer. All of a sudden, he said, look at the positions I can have in this world. I want to ask you something, young folks. What do you want to be in this life? Ain't believe you want to be present. I'll tell you something better than having a position of present. That's just being a child of God. But he looked out. And he saw a whole world that lay before him. And he saw a money-making place. A money-making place. This world is a money-making place if you give yourself to it. The people who are the richest in this world are those who have given themselves and married to their possessions. He saw positions. He saw pleasures. And he saw possessions. And he desired what the world had to offer. As he looked at it, he viewed the Jordan with respect. I hope I can say this right. According to how you evaluate what you have causes you to decide what you want. According to the value of those things in your eyes determines whether or not you take them with you when you leave. And according to how you see where you are causes you to decide where you're going. All of a sudden, Lot says, this is what I want to be. This is the position I want to hold. These are the pleasures that I want to experience. Now, I can go and be, and go and do, and go and have what I want to have. And I say to you again, what do you want? What do you want? You said to preach All that was in his mind. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You better watch the things that you envision in your mind and the things that you view in your heart. They may not be that way at all. They were not that way out there. And on this is what he bases his decision. His decision is forthcoming. That's the next truth, his decision. But he chooses on the basis of what I've shared with you today. And I say to you, on the basis of what will you make your decision when the time comes? What is it that you want? What is that? That looks good. What position? Would you like to be president? Would you like to be head of a great cooperation? Or would you just like to be a factory worker? Nothing wrong with that. My mother's a factory worker. Whatever you want to be. Is that a preacher? I just want to do my own thing. <coughs> well, on the basis of what you feel like you have, what you have, where you are, determines the decision you're going to make about where you're going and what you're going to have out of this life. It doesn't make any difference when it comes to your time to face the future and the crossroads and creators of your own destiny whether anybody else is around or not. That decision will be made in your own heart. It'll be made by you. That'll be the day when you won't have to go behind anybody's back to be what you want to be. You just... Be what you want to be. That'll be the day when you have to do anything secretly. If you want to, you can do it openly. Just whatever you want to do. But wouldn't it be great if what you want to be and what you want to do was the same as Abram? Wouldn't it be great when you came to it? You chose not to wear water plants at the Jordan, but the plant of man. And I'll show you this later, but don't forget this. The decision you're going to make is going to determine the people you're going to meet later.
It won't matter. The people he was meeting right here was Abram. They all loved him and held his welfare in top priority. But the crowd he meets later is going to end up destroying his daughters. And like I said, you're going to see it next time. Don't forget. Daddy, mama. Daddy, mama. It's imperative we be where we're supposed to be. We need to be. People may not affect us as much. And they didn't affect a lot as much as it did two daughters. But when Lot got his family where they weren't supposed to be, he ended up marrying boys of Sodom. That's where he was impaired. Mom and dad to be right where they're supposed to be. Doing what they're supposed to be doing. And praise God, I want them to meet them down in the plane of memory. Not in the plane of the joy. I'll talk a lot about that later, Lord willing. But let me say this to you again. Hey, young folks, this preacher loves you and you know that. There's not a doubt in your mind will not I love you. And I've given my life for you. All I want is for you to have a chance to face your opportunity in liberty and freedom. And I respect that and I honor that. I will not tell you, young folks, I will be against you making your choice and decision. You've got that right to make it. I had it. Rachel had it. Others had it. And you're going to have it. But I pray under God's heaven that when you do come, we've done everything we could to help bring you to that place. Like Abraham did for us. I told you the other day, one of these days I'm going to preach this, I believe, at a school graduation. But whether or not I ever do, I'm going to preach it to the Calvary Baptist Church. And we're going to do our best. And when your time comes, no matter which way you go, we're going to love you. If you have a lot of say, all I'm trying to tell you is I love you. And if you come and choose the wrong way, you're not going to stop this preacher from loving you. I love you now. But I won't put my approval on what you do. The best medicine is preventive medicine. What's them that polio was when they found the vaccine or a cure for polio and you took it before you had it. If you take the medicine before you have an opportunity to get sick, yeah, that's right. the disease will be cured before you get there. Let's stand for our prayer.